Welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Fennell. Alongside me, you'll hear from Joe Arco, Ken Sylvan, and Barat Oza. Each episode will have a combination of us sharing our 70 plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to help expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome back to the Stress Reduced Fat Loss Podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I got my co-host here flying beside me, Barat. Hello, my friend. Hello, Sarah. Hi. We got a bit of a spicy conversation today, uh, talking about four myths within the nutritional industry, I guess we could say. Yeah. 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 This will be an interesting episode because either our followers will get jacked up or they're going to go down. (laughs) So, but we need to share the truth. Yeah. I do believe health is one of the most complicated and skewed conversation and it's there's so many different perspectives on it yeah and one thing i've learned in the last two years especially with the current situation going on is we all are very polarized you know like we have our set of beliefs we have like and so we always find things to prove that this is what i believe is true um we don't always look at everything objectively and i'm i'm guilty for that like i'm not perfect at all but that is always interesting when we start looking at things outside we're like oh wait oh oh i didn't know that you know and then i've had to change my opinions and beliefs quite a bit over the last 2 years about different things yes you know so it's uh yeah but I think it's so valuable to obviously consume knowledge so, so that you're learning, but framing a point of view from your own experience, from experience with clients um, and navigating all the information um, because our bodies are science and that all of that is constantly starting to, you know, unravel all the time and, you know, new products are coming out and new studies are being done. And no wonder the general population is confused Uh, because if I wasn't in this industry, you know, learning and navigating and and having conversations like this with, with other people and working with clients myself and working on myself, I would be completely lost. Yeah. And I think, well, we can even talk about this is research, how much of it is actually independent, unbiased, not funded by, you know, by an agenda. Uh, That's one whole podcast probably, but uh, I think everything exists on a spectrum, you know, and not necessarily everything is absolute truth. A lot of this, even what we'll share today is relative truth, you know, so we're going to talk about some interesting topics and some challenging and triggering topics. Um, And we're not saying that's the absolute truth and that's what it is. But that's become from our experience, reading different experts, unbiased information, uh, and even just seeing our clients and ourselves. Um, and I think that's really important to, to share with people. Yes. Yeah. I would love to do an episode about publications and research. Uh, yeah. When I was in school for holistic nutrition, we had a whole uh, called, a, I don't know, a module or class on yeah. being able to read studies uh, because the data can always be manipulated for whatever outcome you want. And knowing the language, which is not really like standard English that people would understand of, of how they word things, it's fascinating what companies get away with. Oh, yeah. Ken, Ken knows quite a bit about that because he he took neuroscience in school and 
he's told me some interesting stories. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Our four myths. Let's dump it. Uh, let's dive right into the first one. Uh, how veganism is better for the climate. Myth number one. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of these myths come from, again, us being polarized. So we look at information. We, we'll always find information that supports what we believe. Right. And so, but I think a big part of this is also how disconnected we are from nature and how disconnected we are from our food sources. We don't know where food is coming from. We just think, oh, it's in the store. I, I just go buy it. We don't, we rarely think of where did this come from? What did it take to get this piece of apple into the store? You know, like who grew it, where, Mexico, how much were they paid, who touched it? what happened with the packaging processing all that so i think as far as you know veganism being better for the environment there's a few issues there like people need to understand how agriculture works you know how farming works when a lot of people turn to veganism or vegetarianism usually from i don't want to hurt animals now the issue there is everything in life eats and gets eaten that's just the law of nature. You can't fight that. So if you think that in growing your tofu, no animals were hurt, you need to go understand agriculture and farming. Because when they farm, let's say when they're like, you know, driving those tractors or whatever those harvesters are, a lot of animals get killed. That's just part of farming. So that's one issue. That's just the that's just the growing part in actually transporting and storing. There's a lot of animals that are hurt. Secondly, when the demand for certain foods go up, it turns to monocrop agriculture. And people need to look into that because when you grow only one or two crops on a piece of land, you deplete the nutrients of the soil. Yes. And then what happens is when they see that the return is depleting, they'll add synthetic nutrients to it, which then grow sub quality uh, crops, which need more protection. So now they use more pesticides and insecticides to protect that. Then as the yield keeps going down from that land, now they look into genetic modification because, well, I still need to grow. I still need to make money as a farmer and the food company needs all this food and the demand for whatever, almond milk, coconut milk, all these things are still high. And so people need to understand that you're actually depleting the soil when you go towards these products and not saying these products are bad, right? And yes, we could even look at, you know, some of these are bad because if you read the ingredients, it's like, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know, like when you drink, I don't know, certain almond milk and you see all these minerals in it, those were synthetic minerals put in there. And so, but that's another whole topic, but I think people need to understand that it's not necessarily better for the environment. It actually could be worse because now your demand is driving these food companies to want more of these three major crops. So the three major crops in North America are wheat, corn, and soy. soy. Yeah, I believe those are the three major ones. And so now the soil is getting depleted over and over. Versus when you do regenerative farming, where you cycle based on the seasons, you grow different crops, you nourish the soil. And not only that, you're actually nourishing the animals that depend, the birds, the animals, the insects that depend on the soil. And again, everything in nature is connected. Everything in nature is valuable. 
So if these animals and insects are dying, like bees, they're dying off. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting your fucking almond milk. You're not getting, and, and again, not only just vegans, vegetarians, but now people who choose to eat animal protein don't get quality animal proteins. Now, the thing about this also is let's look at farming, um, not farming, I shouldn't call it farming, but raising um, animals ethically. Yeah. We need these animals because they're how they chew, let's say, the, the grass, the gases they release, the poop, all of that is necessary for the soil. Plants are not pooping. Like you can't regenerate soil without that poop. So there's a lot of issues there when you start thinking of, you know, for people who are thinking that we going towards veganism, vegetarianism, because it's better for the animals and better for the environment, that's an absolute myth. Mm-hmm. And a good book that is very unbiased uh, is uh, The Vegetarian Myth. It's an amazing book written by an ex-vegetarian. And again, it's not biased at all. This is based on her personal experience and then her going and researching agriculture because she, when she got sick uh, from not eating animal protein long-term, she had to go look at her beliefs and then she had to look at what's actually happening with agriculture. And it's a beautiful book that goes into much more detail about what's really happening. Yeah. I I think it's easy to pick a side or pick a narrative without really forming your own opinion on it based on maybe headlines or what's gimmicky or what a meme says. And, you know, really, you know, if you're going to commit to something, you know, make sure you know behind it what, what's really happening. Yeah. And not to say that don't be a vegan, don't be a vegetarian, but also know what the consequences are on you and the environment. Educate yourself on, is it actually helping animals or not? You know, what's it doing to the soil? What's it doing to the planet? Because there is value for both. I personally believe there need to be phases of not having some animal protein, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever, depending on the person and what they want to do. But I I think people need to evaluate why they're actually doing it uh, and if it's actually true. Yes. Yeah. Ken and I did a podcast all around, uh, you know, the benefits of, of removing animal protein for a short amount of time. And especially with digestive issues um, that was released back on November 22nd, when we launched the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. Um, Cause we're not saying that veganism is bad. Or we're not saying that plant protein is bad or, you know, so forth, but it's, it's knowing when and where that is useful for yourself. Yeah. 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 Our second myth is that eating beef is the same as beans. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, or any other plant protein we can throw in there. Yeah, I think we need to look at how food is categorized. And again, this comes so much from the fitness industry, right? We think a, a piece of steak or chicken or fish or whatever is protein. That's it. There's nothing else in there but proteins. <laughs> uh, same thing with sweet potato or potato or rice. Oh, there's nothing but starch in there. Uh, Fats have nothing but just fats. Uh, The reality is all these foods cannot exist like that. They they don't work like that. They don't exist that way because they all come with a set of nutrients that help absorb the protein and help digest the protein. So a piece of steak, for example, not only has protein, but has creatine, taurine, carnitine, a good quality grass-fed beef would have CLA incredibly essential fatty acid for your metabolism and hormones. 
will have B vitamins, will have D, D and K. And you need all of these things for everything from brain function to immune system, to detoxification. And so people need to first understand, I'm not just eating protein, I'm eating a variety of nutrients. Now, are these nutrients also bioavailable or not? Like, can your body actually absorb this or is your body not equipped to deal with it? And so when you look at things like, let's say the most common thing I see on Instagram, there's these memes going, you know, uh, steak, killing an animal or whatever, and then beans, same amount of protein or whatever. But you also have to look at this. What else is there in beans? Yes, there's some minerals, but there's no taurine. There's no carnitine. There's no, well, carnitine, carn comes from meat. Uh, there's no uh, creatine and you need these things for your body. So that's an issue. How many people can optimally digest beans? A lot of people don't. They, maybe if they sprouted, they might be. That reduces the percentage, but there's a lot of people that don't do well with beans. It, it's why beans are known to make people fart. Like you, you shouldn't have gas like that after eating. It's that's yeah. not normal. <laughs> yeah, something in your system is being triggered. And so also a four ounce steak versus, I don't know, two cups of beans. That's a lot of beans to get the same amount of protein. Yeah. I was so just thinking, a, I don't know how I could even eat all that. <laughs> yeah. And now if you even look at, for the people that care about calories, how much did you jack up your calories to get the same amount of protein, right? Also, beans also contain a lot of starch. So now to get this much protein, you also jacked up your starches. Maybe you don't want that. Maybe you don't handle that. So it's not the same when you look at it from a, again, a holistic perspective, when you look at that food from a nutrient standpoint, from a bioavailability standpoint, because again, if you don't digest that food, you don't, di you don't absorb the nutrients from the beans or lentils or whatever it is, right? Uh, so bioavailability is an issue. Digestion is an issue. So you have to, again, like step back and stop looking at this as, oh, protein. Because anyone arguing that is always talking about the protein content. And I've seen memes about how chicken breast is this much protein and a cup of broccoli is this much, so might as well eat broccoli. Okay, like it's not the same. And again, I think a lot of it also stems from how disconnected we are from nature and we can go into this deeper and how we fear death. Uh, because at the end of the day, everything's eating something. You know, uh, I saw this cool post the other day about how plants are actually farming us. Wow. You know, because when we die, they're eating us. Yes. Grow, right? I was like, whoa, that's really cool. That's a, that's a whole reframe. Yes. I saw this thing on Instagram. Um, I don't know if this was real or if it was a joke, but it was your body can be put in the bulb of a brand new tree. And you, I were, saw that. and you were planted as a tree in the bulb of its roots. And I was like, that, I'm, yep, that's the way I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Screw the coffin, sign me up for the tree. <laughs> right. But again, there you go, right? Like it's because we will go, we are made from earth and we'll go back to it. Yes. And the more disconnected you are from nature, the more you're going to believe all these myths. Yes. You know? So at the root, we need to go back to understanding the laws of nature, you know, like, Killing an animal 
again, doing it with reverence and knowing where it's coming from and farming. Obviously, I'm not about industrial farming, animal farming. I am about, I support farms that raise them ethically and, you know, support regenerative farming. So that's a whole nother podcast we could do. But so in no way I want to tell people that, yeah, go buy your, you know, the, what's it called? The sliced processed meat or whatever, or shitty beef or shitty steak or sorry, chicken or whatever it is. Um, that's a whole nother side to it. Um, but understand that it's not the same. It's not the same foods. It just can't be. Yes. Right? Yeah. And a whole other, you know, topic, we, another podcast, we're coming up with amazing podcast ideas yeah. through this is even like food rotation, like what you're talking about, like <sighs> the, the, those micronutrients in each, like, you know, yes, maybe eat a little bit of beans, have a steak, like, you know, have a variety within your diet because the micronutrient content is different with every single piece of food. Absolutely. And again, this is why we need to eat a variety and there's this place for plant foods and this place for animal foods. And you have to know based on your profile, what can you handle and how much and when. Hello, fellow health junkie, Sarah here. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to jump in and let you know about a free resource that we've created for you. We want to give you the number one protocol that all result-driven holistic coaches and practitioners give to get insane results with their clients. Results like easing digestive issues, increased physical and mental energy, accelerated weight loss, reduced inflammation weight, clearer, brighter skin, and a better sense of well-being. Go to www.transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. Let us know your name and email address, and we'll send you a detailed manual explaining this protocol, how to coach your clients through this phase, food replacement lists, and client tools and resources so that you can get an action right away. Transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. I've also left you a link in our show notes. Let's get back to the episode. Our last myth uh, for this conversation is, is adrenal fatigue real? I love this one. Yeah, this is, I think we all have experienced adrenal fatigue. Yeah. For, let, let's let's break down what adrenal fatigue is classified as in case someone hasn't heard of that. So adrenal fatigue, basically, it could be two ways. Either you're producing, you have had a history of producing way too much cortisol for too long or not enough cortisol. So it could go both ways. Again, everything exists on a spectrum. Uh, but when you've gone through chronic stresses, not just mental, emotional, but like we've discussed in other podcasts, you know, chemical, physiological the adrenals that are these glands on the top of the kidneys get tired of just pushing cortisol and adrenaline all the freaking time. And so when it's time to make enough cortisol now, it doesn't make enough, right? Or when it's time to bring it down, it's not going down at the right time. It's gone so on strike, basically. That's right. Yeah. It, it's, for most people, that curve of cortisol is either inverted. So instead of cortisol going up in the morning, it's going down um, or vice versa. Or it just flatlines somewhere, right? Or it just stays at a peak. It's like the thermostat's broken in the system. Mm-hmm. So symptoms of that could be just tired all the time, brain fog, lack of motivation, lack of appetite, hair thinning, um, you know, digestive challenges, sleep disruptions, all of these things. And if you go to any naturopath, I would say 80 to 90% of the times they will put you on an adrenal formula, which is essential for a lot of people to start managing those symptoms, 
But what I have found in our practice is that's not the root issue, though. The root issue is the five keys that we discussed in another podcast. Um, you know, like the digestive issues, the the lifestyle, like you're just too busy, you know, your lack of sleep, uh, not having the right amount of nutrients, um, you know, your hormones being off. I believe that adrenal fatigue is actually a symptom of all these five keys being disrupted. 100% agree. Right? Instead of it being the main issue. Yes. It's like, what, what is causing that stress? What is causing the adrenals to burn out? They don't just overload for no reason or because you have a busy schedule. There's, I can even attest to this from an extreme perspective, being sick with breast implant illness and Epstein-Barr. Every time my life got a little busy, like around launches and so forth, I would just freaking crash afterwards. But it's because like my immune system was overloaded. I had yeast, I had parasites. Uh, it was so much inflammation throughout my body. It was just too, it's like that one, it's like the domino, right? It's that one that just cascades everything else. Exactly. And so- those are the layers we need to look at. And that's what we teach our coaches to do through the assessment process is let's look at all that. Let's not just say adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I never thought of like just labeling that as almost just another bandaid. It's, it's, it yeah. doesn't get to the root cause of like what is causing that adrenal fatigue and how do we bring that body back to homeostasis? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Spicy, spicy. Anything yeah. else you want to leave um, our listeners with here as we wrap up this episode? Um, I think just two two books again, the vegetarian myth, and the other one is Sacred Cow. Uh, those would be two books I would encourage people to read and educate themselves because they're very unbiased. They're very uh, you know based on true uh, research and what's actually happening in the agriculture industry and the animal farming industry. Um, and so, again, going back to nature, right? Just connecting with nature and understanding that. Okay, everything depends on everything. Everything eats and is eaten. And then what happens? What how is our food actually being grown? Where is it coming from? Whether it's the animal foods or the plant foods, how are they being processed? How are they being, you know, grown or preserved or uh, transported? And that is incredibly important. I think it's one of I think this is the stuff that should be taught in schools. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, there, there's cause and effect to everything. And we need to start looking like that next layer deeper. And that is the concept of looking at life and our bodies from a holistic perspective. Like what are all the variables at play here? And once you start, you know, figuring that out, that's when, you know, results and, and effort doesn't have to be uh, as much. If, if anybody's intrigued by this conversation, our next transformation mentorship to be certified as a stress-reduced fat loss practitioner is starting on February 28th. Uh, we teach you the five keys to fat loss, you know, which is hormones, digestion, neurotransmitters, primal pattern, and metabolism, how to assess those and how to really start looking at a client from that holistic perspective without guessing what is happening because you know information uh, from our in-depth assess assessment. So hop, hop on over to transformationmentorship.ca if you're interested in checking that out and you can submit an application. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode here today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at Transformation Mentorship. And better yet, take a screenshot of this episode, upload to stories, tag us, and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.